This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by two former United Academy products this week, uh, which is great considering, first of all, the um, sheer disastrous nature of me being able to schedule these podcasts and, um, you know, and then the other side of it is just Phil, Lee and I have never been able to, for about two months, to be able to convene diaries to all be able to be free at seven o'clock on a Friday night and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Phil Marsh and Lee Lawrence. Phil how are you doing mate you're all right? Yeah all good Wayne had a couple of weeks off uh, Easter holidays for me so just been keeping myself busy with some of the coaching that I do um, but yeah just having a bit of downtime as well with the with the kids and the family so all good mate from my end. Good Lee how are you doing? Brilliant, mate. Thank you. Uh, I say it's been a long time coming, going back on the podcast. I've had a good few weeks now since we've been on. Uh, fresh off a nice trip away to see family in Spain, um, who, believe it or not, are absolutely football mad. So all I had for a good week was Uncle Lee come and play football. Uncle Lee come and play football. So that was my holiday for a week. But yes. secretly, I loved it, mate. So uh, I'm not complaining, like I say. I'm uh, back fresh and back into work. So, yeah, everything's good my side, mate. Normally, when you come out of retirement, you pick up some kind of injury. Um, what's what's the physio room like in the Lawrence household? You all right? Yeah, a bit of a sore back. Knee's gone. Uh, just like being back with United when I was 21, to be honest. But <laughs> Something's yeah, never changed, Lee. Something's <laughs> never changed, mate. Um, 38 and an 83-year-old body. Well, yeah, let, let's before we start about um, talk about United today, um, we talk about something never changed, Phil. You actually recently went to Carrington um, back to visit to give a talk about your experiences there. And if anyone is unaware of why that's significant, why Phil would be asked back, um, I'm not going to ask Phil to justify himself. Just look up his story. You can type it in um, and details are available online, basically. Um, Phil, how, how was it going back? Yeah, it was great. Um, as I say, it was a bit of a weird one, really. I just got a, a phone call randomly um, the middle of the uh, week just gone, uh, just off one of my old coaches and, and people at the club, Dave Bushel, uh, just asking me really to see uh, what my diary was like and whether I could go in um, and just do a bit of a chat with some of the academy players and reserve players. Um, people who don't know a little bit about, obviously, the, the crash that I was involved in whilst I was at the club. Um, that was sort of the, the gist of why they wanted to go in really and just sort of, you know, give a bit of a background on what happened to me and, you know, because I was sort of similarly sat in the position they're in at the moment and, you know, obviously things could have gone a lot worse and um, they just wanted me to share my story really with some of them. I think there's been a few uh, complaints about some of the younger players with leaving the training ground in terms of, you know, speeding, you know, not being sensible. There's, there's been a couple of incidents where lads have had little bumps and stuff. So I think they just, they, they just wanted to sort of, um, you know, give them a little bit of a um, reminder of, of sort of what can go wrong and what can happen, um, especially, you know, being young professional footballers. Some of them are driving into work with, you know, two or three lads in a car. And if the worst was to happen, you know, that's, that's two or three lads that are, you know, in danger of, you know, a 
losing the, the lives, but you know, be having the, the knock on effect of what happens. It's not just the lads involved, it's you know, the people at the club, the families, you know, all the sort of bad media that would, would surround the club. So it was just a good um sort of day really to go in and have a chat and speak to some of the lads. It, it went really well, as I said to you, and last night I spoke to you at the game. You know, it couldn't have gone much better for me. You know, I was quite nervous really because I've never done anything like that before. I've, I've spoken openly about you know the crashing. You know, when people ask me about it, I, I don't, you know, mind speaking about it. But obviously going back into the club and speaking to, you know, a room full of probably about 50, 100 people, it was uh, quite daunting. Um, but as I say, it went really well. I think it struck a chord with a lot of the players. The coaches were all made up with the way it went. And they've asked me to go back in again um, when I'm next available uh, to do it with some of the first-team players. Um, obviously, some of the younger first-team players, you know, your Ganachos and people are at because I think they obviously missed out on that one because he wasn't there. Um, but they want them to, you know, hear that kind of thing as well with, you know, the money that they're going to be on and all the stuff that, that comes with it. I think they just want that to, you know, be a little reminder that, you know, you need to keep your feet firmly on the ground and, you know, focus on what the, you know, the main objective is and that's the, the football side of things. So I made up for you, mate. Um, I've got to say as well, um, you... I've known you a long time, a fairly long time, about a decade or so, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, your story, I think for a long time, you just sort of lived with it as your life. And I think maybe the last sort of five or six years, you've sort of realised, you wouldn't say it. You wouldn't say that, oh, it'd be an inspiring thing. But um, I think it's an inspiring thing. And I think that you've become a little bit more comfortable with talking about it in that kind of aspect. And um, I, I do think it's a valuable thing for the club uh, a valuable resource really for the club to call upon because it is something that grounds um, every generation of players that come through so it'll always be advice that is um, welcome as long as you're around to give it so um, no I made up but I think that I made up for you but I think it's a good thing for the club as yeah. well you know what I mean um, yeah. So, yeah definitely and I think as I think just just touching back on that I think you know when I when I was in there I think you, you know you could see some of the lads faces with I, I did sort of a little powerpoint um just a couple of slides you know it wasn't anything long it was just a you know 10-15 minute chat I had a couple of powerpoints and slides a little bit of background on myself and just to let them know that obviously I was in the same situation that they're in um and then just you know to see some of the pictures of the actual car and the, the crash and you know, a bit of background on what happened. Uh, I think it, it was sort of quite powerful, really. And and as I say, um, you know, all the coaches were really happy with the way it went. And, you know, the, the, the reaction from some of the lads was, was quite good. So I'm hoping that, you know, that's a little bit of a kick up the backside for some of them and just a little bit of a, um, you know, reminder of, you know, things like that can happen um, if you are, you know, not doing what you're supposed to be and, you know, maybe messing around and being a little bit naive. And especially nowadays with the, the money and, you know, the, the way it's 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 gone, you know, these kind of things are at people's disposal a lot more. You know, they've got access to, you know, buying, you know, supercars and having really fast cars. When you're in a young, you know, you, you are a little bit more inclined to push the boundaries and, you know, be a little bit more naive. So hopefully that, that'll... Um, you know, go down well and, and there's no, you know, obviously incidents with, with any of the players because that's the last thing we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of comments coming in. Uh, Dan says, invaluable. To be able to tell that story, Phil, these kids are given money to spend on fast cars from an early age. That story is usually important for all academy kids to hear. And James says, great news, Phil. A life coach for young players is a smart idea. And I think, yeah, like I've said earlier, a smart move by the club, not just Phil. Like we talk about, um, I know Phil probably a little bit more high profile because of the nature of the incident and the number of sort of high profile prospects at the time that the incident um, involved. But Lee, you know, we've talked about you um, as well, like your, your, you know, your sort of persistency coming back from injuries. I think it's good, like the club are tapping into these kind of resources isn't it? they're not like you know it's not like they're discarding people once they're gone they've forgotten they're bringing them back and i'm not saying necessarily you'll be down next week to talk about um you know coming up fighting repeated setbacks but it is that kind of um open door kind of thing with the club isn't it like they you know we've been back to former play dinners and everyone is like family there and it's no surprise really that they would they welcome fullback 
No, it's well needed. When I heard that Phil was going back, I was I was made up, like I say, not just for Phil, um, but basically made up for for the club. It's 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 way way overdue. We've mentioned it years down the line on the cast about the the attitude of the young players, um, not even just at United, but like we said in the past, overall uh, professional young lads. Now, we thought we was on decent money, you know, at eighteen, nineteen year olds, and I remember the crash like it was yesterday. Um, I remember it was Mads, Phil, Callum won it. Um, and the, the type of cars we were talking was it a Mitsubishi, a Golf, um, Civic, a, a, a Civic, on the type yeah. of Civic, all fast cars. But look at look at them cars compared to the cars what the 18, 19 year old lads are gonna are gonna be whizzing down Camerton Lane in today. Um, you know what I mean? Boys will be boys at the end of the day. Um, they, they, they're gonna get a, a lot of money at a young age, and unfortunately, it's gonna happen. But obviously, bringing a story like Phil's into Carrington. Um, and like Phil just said, doing the slide and showing them, you know, how, how close to to disaster it actually was. I mean, we all felt sick. Like I, said, I remember it like it was yesterday, and we, we couldn't believe what had happened. And uh, it opened all because bear in mind, we all had decent cars. I had, I had a nice car at that age. I used to set off down Camerton Lane, and believe me, when that happened, that all stopped. It all stopped in an instant. And like I say, um, that's what 20, 20 plus years ago now, something along the lines. Is it Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that yeah. that that message has probably got lost a little bit. Um, so it probably it'll do the lads well to listen to that story and and to ground them a little. So yeah, it's 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 a good thing all around, really. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about um first team football. Manchester United two, Sevilla two. Um. At one point, two 0 up. Sabitza scores two goals. Looks like it could be one of those nights. Like, because obviously we've had the goal disallowed in the first minute as well. You're thinking. Could be something like Roma here, you know, like not maybe the seven one, but the six two that we had against them in the Europa. Do you know what I mean? It really looked like we were going to pile a few goals in. Um, and I admit, I got a little bit carried away watching that, thinking God, two 0 here. And I think I'd, I'd had a couple of conversations with friends before the game, and we were saying it's not the severe of old, you know, it's not the severe, the same team that we've played against. So no need to be afraid so much. But then around like the thirty five minute mark, it started to. I, I don't know about this. Maybe I'm being too generous to our team and the manager because, the, I mean, it's such a mixed last hour. I mean, first of all, I felt like the, there were two calls on Wan-Bissaka and Casemiro that the referee didn't give, um, which sort of disrupted the flow a bit and it sort of brought a little bit of bite into the game. And maybe that's what Sevilla wanted because it um, brought it, it was a bit of a leveller and, and added some spice to it. But I feel like the referee has a responsibility to sort of draw a line in, in what he accepts and what he doesn't accept. And um, he books Bruno for ball. Varane comes off at half-time. Um, around the hour mark, um, then Ten Hag brings off Bruno, Martial and Sancho at the same time. A little bit later, he brings off Anthony. So you're thinking, all right, from an attacking point of view, United are done. Because um, there was one moment where Begos gets the ball in the six-yard box, he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, which I'm, I'm not criticising him. But he's obviously struggled for goal-scoring confidence, but that, if anything, summed up how United were going to end that game. That was the moment. Um, but then it all sort of fell apart when Martinez gets the injury. Malassia on goal. Um, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm comfortable blaming him for it. Likewise, Maguire. Um, because I think those things can happen, but there is a truism in there that when you bring Harry Maguire on, um, changes the way that you're going to defend, and it takes it five, six yards deeper. And uh, maybe United should have been doing that anyway because it was a two-nil lead in Europe, and you're going to be conservative. But you know, it seemed like one of those things that from the half-hour mark, everything that could go wrong sort of went against United. Um, Lee, what did you make of it? I mean. At one point, looked like you know everything was rosy in the garden. It's that last. I just, I still beg believe that last twenty minutes. What, what happened? I had, I, I was so confident, especially in the first half and leading into the second half. Although we didn't particularly perform well in the second half, I, I just didn't envisage them scoring a goal against us. I thought we was, we was going to be comfortable all the way through. Uh, I thought in the first half we was the much, much better team. Um, composure on the ball. Um, Martial, he did you know did some fantastic hold up play and set the goals up and the assist. It everything was going well. Um, like I said I, I didn't think nothing nothing bad at all was going to happen. Um, and then like I said we we had some really bad luck with the injuries what we've got sustained. 
10 has made, like I say, quite a few substitutions quite early on, which again affected the last 10 minutes because we played effectively the last 10 minutes with 10 men um, when they when they were trying to get someone out of the game. Um, and like I say, the, the goals, I mean, I, I blame more Malassia uh, for the first goal than I would do for Maguire for the second. I think the Maguire, that, 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 the guy who, who, who headed the ball, it was 20 yards going the opposite direction to goal and it just yeah. hit his, his head. Um, and gone in, I, I, that could have happened to anyone. I think more Malasia was at stake for the first goal because I think as a as a defensive a defensive point of view, and that ball came over the top, he, his positional awareness was bad. He, he wasn't aware that someone was behind him, so he was going to leave it to run out. I think um, again, absolute freaking nature that it goes and hits him and goes in the top corner. But if his positional sense would have been a little bit more, you know, more up to, up to scratch. That wouldn't have happened. He would have brought that ball down and cleared it, and we would have we would have got and cleared our lines. It's I suppose it's just one of them days at the office. Um, a lot of bad luck in the second half. A hell of a lot of bad luck. But we should we should be killing them games off. We were so comfortable in that first half. I would I would have just liked to have seen us gone for it. Like we've mentioned just before the podcast, I would I would have loved to have, you know, the first half killed them off three or four, um, and then maybe tried sat back, not sat back on a two 0 lead. Phil will tell you in football, a tuna lead for me is the worst lead you can have. The worst lead in the world, especially early doors, because you can get complacent and then they get one back and they've got all the momentum going forward. So, like I say, it's a bad day at the office, but I think we've definitely got enough in the uh, in the tank and the locker in the second game for what I seen in the first to, to kill the to kill the tie off over in Sudo. Yeah, um, Dan, great question. Um, before I ask it to the lads, um, just qualify what you meant by the pitch. Um, so. I'm not putting words into your mouth with that. Um, Phil, yeah, we were talking. So Phil and I were sat like um, one block apart. I went down to see him at half time and I'm like, oh, what do you think? Phil's young girls were there and they were more on the ball than what we were because they were predicting a similar comeback. Um, and, and they did come back into it. We were talking and we were saying like, well, I, I said I, was, I thought those calls were a bit dodgy, but we played well up until that point. And yeah, like like they said, everything that seemed to go wrong in the second, well, everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong. Anthony hits the bar as well. And you just think if that mm-hmm. or the Vegos or Malassia chance goes in, you know, if Vegos got a little bit more conviction, 3 0, even with Varano, um, seems like a very comfortable situation for United to navigate the next week or so. Now you're looking possibly at Lindelof and Shaw. I, I mean, we'll talk about that, you know, a little bit later on, but. Um, I mean, what kind of sense did you make out of what happened in the second half? Yeah, I mean, the game itself. When when I look back at all the incidents and all the things that happened during the game, it's it's unbelievable, really. You know, the amount of you know things that happened where you know something could have happened and the game could have been completely different. The injuries, you know, the refereeing decisions. You know, it was it was a totally uh, freak of a nature game, really. As I said, I think first half. Very comfortable. Sevilla didn't really cause us any problems. Um, probably could have gone, you know, a little bit more and tried to kill the tie in that first half, get three, four goals. But you know, two 0 at half time, you're happy with that. You're coasting, and then, you know, when you make, you know, a couple of mistakes or a couple of, you know, substitutions, I think second half we sort of just played a little bit into their hands. I said it just off off her. Then I think, you know, second half, we sort of seemed to be sitting back and not really going for that third and fourth goal to kill the tie, where I think it was there for the taking. You know, they didn't look like they was going to score in, you know, a month of Sundays for me last night up until that last, you know, 10, 15 minutes where we've, we've made that error by Malassia and they've got the goal and then they get the tails up. But, yeah, it's a, diff- it's a difficult game to sort of analyse, really, because there's that many things that happened. You know, the, the, you've got the Casemiro possible red card, you know, the Bruno yellow card. Now he can't play in the next game. Varane's injured. Martinez is injured. Subs coming on, not having an impact on the game. You know, Sancho didn't play well. You know, he, he looked completely, you know, shot of confidence. You know, like he looked like Rashford did last year for me last night. You know, yeah. body language was poor, didn't want to chase back making wrong decisions, getting in positions and making the wrong pass or trying to dribble when the, the pass is there. And I think it was a, it was a, um, we went from having a really good opportunity and as you said, killing the tie off, having a nice steady week, you know, having the tie sort of dead and buried to now it's 2-2. We've got loads of players missing. 
You've got players coming back from injuries who's going to maybe have to get thrown in, players who's not been playing regular football who's going to have to come in and step up. Whereas for me, I don't think we have got the squad of, you know, your cities and teams like that who have, you know, got that real quality and in-depth where they can, you know, afford to miss two or three players and, and you know, still have the same performance levels. So it's for me, it's, you know, it's gone from, you know, being a really comfortable um you know, trip into the semis now to be in a real, you know, it's going to be, you know, over there, they're going to have a really hostile atmosphere. They're going to try and, you know, make it hard as they can. Um, and and we've, we've got a real task on hand. I think I still, I still, you know, I still believe we've got enough quality, you know, with all them players missing, we've just mentioned to, to get ourselves through this tie because we've shown in the first half last night that we were, we're a far better team. And this isn't a, a severe team yeah, of, of previous years, you know, we were, doing really well that you know the 13th I think in, in La Liga so they're not doing very well and, and we should be going over there you know with confidence that we can still win the game I just think we missed a trick really last night with a few things and obviously you know we didn't get the rub of the green with certain things but you know Malassia mistake there has just you know completely capitulated the, the last 10 minutes and I think you know once they get that goal you know Martinez is you know, injury and, you know, just you could feel the sort of the, the, the tide change and, and it was just a matter of, you know, 2-1 is probably still not a bad result. 2-all now, it's it's sort of, you know, a little bit more in the balance. Yeah. I, I mean, at the very least, um, to take a little bit of confidence or positivity away from it, that the away goals rule doesn't count. And United have they've generally done all right um, away from home. Um, in the competition, generally, I would say, um, and in the last round, well, not the yeah against um, Barcelona at least, um, Shaw played at centre back in the new Camp, and if you're going to be asking him to do the same kind of thing, um, so yeah, uh, a couple of comments coming in. I'll, I'll get to them all the comments in a moment. I do want to just talk back to the substitutes like we were talking about. Bruno has come off, Martial's come off. Sancho's come off now. He's talked about Ted Hogg's talked about the reasons for why he did that. Um, warned, um, and, and he was warned about Anthony apparently as well that Bruno and Anthony could get second yellows and be sent off by the referee. Uh, Martial isn't supposed to be playing um, full games of football yet, um, which you know don't want to rush him or anything. It's only been eight years at the club, <laughs> baby steps. Um, and Sancho, you would presume for. Um, performance reasons. Um, looking at the comments, what Tenog said, I mean, I still, I, I would then put the finger at the referee saying, why have you lost control of the game so much? Because it wasn't that angry. You could see, don't get me wrong, like Bruno's going to kick off. Then if he's going to kick off, then yeah, have that word. But it wasn't the kind of game that should have been like that. And I think the referee's inaction on some counts sort of led to that situation because, I mean, United have been in too many positions since the turn of the year where a referee has not had proper control of the game and United players being hurt and you're only like one away from someone being really hurt. Um, so that kind of thing, you know, I'm not really too frustrated with him about, um, although I did think it was a bit early, an hour to be making three substitutes because it's like you are inviting the change of momentum with that. Um, Sancho, though, I, I, Phil, you did want to bring him back. And we, we were talking about him just before. Um, he, he had a spell out. He was brought back in. He looked fairly bright. He, he actually looked all right against Everton at the weekend. But he's having peaks and troughs. He's looking re quite decent, but then like fairly anonymous. And last night was one of those bad nights. Um, what do you make of it? Because, I mean, that's, it was disappointing again. Yeah, I think, as you say, you know, since he's came back, he has had a little bit of an indifferent sort of level of performance from one week to the next, and he's not really got any consistency. And I think that's from the very first moment that we signed him. We've not seen that consistency. We've seen, you know, moments of brilliance and other times where he's been, you know, bang average or below par. I think last night he was really poor. I think his decision-making wasn't great. I think, especially in the second half, his attitude was, was really bad. His body language wasn't great. He didn't seem to be working hard, um, which, you know, you can't really sort of usually fault him for that. I think he always usually works quite hard. But yes, I think, you know, we, I touched on just before uh, we came on her about the, there was a point in the game yesterday where the fullback actually got the ball in the right-back position. 
and he, he, he drove from the right-back position all the way over the halfway line and nearly into our box without anyone putting a tackle in. And I think Sancho was sort of chasing him and he just gave up. And I was like, you can't get, like, you know, any level of football, you can't just let someone run past you and not even work back and chase back. It was it was mad. And, and you know, then had a knock-on effect because I think the next two or three times he got the ball, he slipped and then he gave the ball away. And then, you know, he's throwing his arms around trying to pass the blame onto something else. And I think when when you're sort of in that mindset and I think at the moment he's definitely lacking confidence. I said, as you know, I said he, he reminded me of like Rashford last year where his body language was awful making so many wrong decisions when he should dribble his passing and you know when he should he pass he's dribbling and running into blind alleys and I think at the moment it might be a I mean we are struggling in terms of injuries and stuff but for me I think he maybe needs like a little rest out the team just to sort of you know gather his thoughts and just make sure he's fully on it because at the moment we can't afford to carry players and, and yesterday we were sort of carrying him a little bit in the second half for a period of the game and I think you know I've seen Bruno at one point in the game actually like shouting over to him to sort of like try and deal with him. He just turned away. You know, you can, you can see that he weren't mentally in the right frame of mind for that yesterday. So it, it's it's going to be a difficult one. I think he maybe just needs a little rest out of the team, but whether we can afford to do that with all these injuries is going to be you know interesting. So, I've been the problem investing in Phil. I've just been listening there and I, I totally agree. He had a stinker uh, last night. I didn't think he played well at all. And I agree with Wayne. I think when he did the simple things against Everton, he did them well. Uh, it seems that, you know, when he keeps it simple and it, it, plays, it plays himself, you know, it well into a game, but when he's trying to Take, take someone on or dribble past someone it seems like he's completely lost the confidence to do that now I suppose like say if they do drop in and if it is a confidence issue which I'm presuming that's what we're thinking it is because we see we all seen what he could do at Dortmund um, if they do drop in is his confidence going to go right low again but as you say it's if they do if they don't it means that we're, we're, we're predominantly carrying a play and playing with 10 and a half men instead of 11 men you know what I mean what do you think that? you're right Lee, in that respect I think it's a difficult one because as you say we you don't want to drop him and then confidence goes completely through the floorboard. Um, but then on the flip side, I think he's not quite giving us anything in the game. You know, I want to see Sancho driving at players, yeah, yeah. creating chances, whipping balls in, getting shots off. And yesterday, I don't think he, he you know, other than that goal in the first few few seconds, he, he sort of had a shot on goal or did anything. Yeah. And I think for a winger, he's got so much money. You know, playing on a night like that in front of you know, kind of crowd. That's could be... you know, the, way, the way I look at it, you look at Anthony now. Even at the beginning of the season, when we was all umming and eyeing about him, and bear in mind, I think Anthony's coming into his own now and he's becoming an important part of the team. Uh, but even when we was all a bit undecided, not even not so long ago, the thing is, he still worked hard, didn't he? If you remember, he was still up and down that pitch, and even when things weren't going his way, he was working hard for the ball. You don't see that with Sancho, and like you say, it's criminal. If you're having a bad game, work out for the team. Do something for the team. Don't just don't just be a, a passenger. Um, the only thing I can see is if they do drop him, what what what's what would you say? What options have we got? Just uh, Martial wide and bring Wegars up front again, or it's it's a difficult one because we've not got the luxury of Ganacho there now. Uh, do you stick Bruno wide? Um, play a bit of Casemiro in there um, and. Um, They've not, really they? not really given Palestra to I mean, I know he's, you know, only a young kid, and but for me, you know, every time I've seen him come on, he's had an impact on the game. Yeah. Like, he's only started him once, hasn't he? I think he's only had, he's only had one start, hasn't he, if I can remember rightly. Yeah. I mean, he, he is only young, but for me, he's, he's having an impact on the game when he when he's involved. So, mm. or maybe give him a chance and see how he gets out. I think he played mm. him in the, the Europa League against didn't he? He's done, when he's played, like I say, he's done very well. He's, he's, he's not looked out of place whatsoever, and he, he, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's looked well. Uh, like, yeah. like, and I, you know, I don't think he's got anything to lose by doing that because at the end of the day, you know, he's going to work hard, he's hungry, he's a young lad, he's ambitious, he, he seems to have an impact on the game. Mm. You know, at the minute, with what Sancho's offering, it's not, you know, it's not a big gamble for me. I'm just saying, yeah, you're in there, and let's see what you can do. Yeah, yeah. The, only, the only issue with that, like Helen says, play Lestre. The only issue that I've got with that is like Anthony plays on the on that side yeah, and he's yeah. fine. Do you know what I mean? And and I don't you know, I haven't seen enough of Palestri to say I'm confident that he could go to the left or 
I'd be completely comfortable. Anthony goes to the left, even though he is so left footed. Um, yeah, um, a little note about the substitutes. If not for Alanga coming on, United's record of playing an uh, academy product would have ended um, 80 years or something like that. It would have ended if Alanga hadn't come on. But about the subs, Lee, just to get your point on them overall, what did you think of that? Are you are you critical of Penog for, for making the changes too early or do you see why he did it? I, I see the points. I, I get his points. I listen to his post match interview and I get why he did it. I just think that he should have probably put a little bit more faith into um, Anthony and uh, Fernandez to have a bit more self-discipline. Uh, you know, have a quiet word and just tell him to calm down. Like, say, it's 60 minutes in, making three subs and then, like, say, a couple of injuries down the line and we're playing with, we're playing with 10 men for the last 10 minutes. Um, a bit early for me. I mean... Bear in mind, if he'd been warned about off the referee about Anthony or Fernandez and he got sent off, then we would have been all saying, "Why didn't he take him off sooner and replace him?" So it's it's a double-edged uh, knife at the moment with it. But in my opinion, I just think it was a little bit hasty, and I think he should have put more trust uh, into the lads to to have a bit more self-discipline. Paul. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and um, you know, to be fair, being. Um... Inconsistent with how that's worked out. Uh, so yeah, um, a question from Dan. He clarified what he said about the pitch. Um, he thought the pitch played a part in the performance. Simply, players appeared to deal with it better than others. Is it something that players talk about during a game or before it? Because Malasia seems to struggle. And what Dan means by that is the pitch was extremely wet, so the ball seemed to go move really fast, and Malasia didn't seem to be in tune to that. Um, Phil, what did you make of it? Obviously, it wasn't really raining before beforehand, so it wasn't like it was a massively greasy pitch. Obviously, they they, they do wet the pitch and it'd be raining on and off through the day. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a point because they did seem a little bit like there were some over it passes, but I didn't I didn't know if it was a particularly bad pitch last night. Yeah, no, I mean for me, um, and I think Lee can probably back me up on this. I think. As a professional footballer, you want the pitch being a bit of grease on it because you want to zip the ball around as fast as you can. You know, all the players should have, you know, a good touch, should be in tune with playing on fast pitches because I'm sure they do that at the training ground as well to get them used to moving the ball quickly. And for me, I used to love playing on pitches that had a bit of zip on it because, you know, there's nothing better. You know, there's, you nothing, there's nothing worse than a dry pitch when the ball no, falls no. up and you kick it. Is there nothing worse at all than no. a dry pitch? And, and especially, especially, you know, when you play the way we do and you, you move the ball around quickly and you want to switch the play and, and you know, get people on the ball, they, they do that for a reason. And I think, you know, we see in the sprinklers on second half, um, the half that we was kicking into because they want us to have that little bit of an edge and a little bit of advantage of moving the ball quick. And, you know, if players can't deal with, you know, a greasy surface, then, you know, they, they, they're in the wrong sport because... You know, the, the pitches that we play on nowadays, especially at the Premier League level, there's no excuses for, you know, bad pitches or bad touches or whatever because the players should be in tune with this training every day on, on immaculate surfaces. And for me, it's it's the best style of football. You know, when as Lee's just said, when it's dry or, you know, it's not quite got that zip on it, you know, that that's when you could maybe give a little bit of a, you know, oh yeah, I can, I can understand there how, you know, the ball's not quite moving as, as fluently as you'd like it. But last night, the pitch looked in immaculate condition. I thought, you know, that was a great surface to play football. And I think at times we moved the ball really well. Malassia did, I was talking to me, my father-in-law uh, last night, and I think Malassia did struggle last night a little bit. Um, I think he just sort of, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say it was his, his touch and stuff. I just think sometimes he, he sort of, his decision-making and he sometimes dwells on the ball a little bit much and, and people sort of catch out catch him out a little bit. Um, but I think that just comes down to not playing regular football. You know, he's not, he's not really had a look in for a while with Shaw playing uh, at left-back and he, he's been thrown in now, obviously with, with Shaw being injured. Um, he just looks a little bit rusty um, and sometimes his decision-making is not quite there but again that just comes with playing regular games I, I i wouldn't you know blame the pitch at all last night for you know anyone's sort of performance level i just think you know sometimes that can happen when you're playing on a greasy pitch you know you can hit over it a pass because you want to get it there as quick as you can so you might have you know you might put a little bit extra on it at times to, to try and get it there and it just zips away but 
you know, that's that's been done by the manager for a reason because he's got trust and belief in the players that he can they can deal with that and you know they, they think that's the best way forward. Yeah. Um comment here from Hella. She says, I'm way more worried about the injuries than the result. Um, really cried when Martinez was carried off. I've been saying for a long time you should be allowed to sub an injury. Some players will keep going and make an injury much worse. Still waiting for confirmation of what the Martinez thing is, but obviously the massive blow you expect is going to miss most of the rest of the season. With that in mind, um, presuming Varane will miss, presuming Rashford is going to miss it. We know Fernandez is definitely out. Lee, um, what do you reckon he's going to do next week? Do you reckon he's going to stick like with the likes of Vego? She's one of the ones who has been sort of, I don't want to say flogging, but the ones who have been playing so much, or do you think you'd be looking to try and spring some kind of tactical surprise out there? It's an hard one, mate. I've, re- I've been making my brains all day, but it, what's he going to do? Not just for the Forest match, but also for the, the, the semi-final and, and next week going back um, going back to Seville. We've got that many injuries and in, uh, suspensions and, and, and this, that and the other. It, it's, it's hard to tell what he's going to do. Um, I think he'll probably stick with the same the same squad. What he's, he's put his faith in for the, you know the rest of the, the most of the season, he'd probably stick with Wego. Um, like I said, Martial's still eight years in and still not fit enough to play ninety minutes. So we're going to be struggling there for a centre forward. Um, Rashford doesn't look like he's is going to be available in the next few weeks. Obviously, we've short a list. We've got Varane, Rashford, Gonacho, Martinez. You know, with a, with a list of, of key players now, we're we're going to be struggling, and I agree with Hell, which is she's completely right. The uh, the injuries sustained last night is 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 a mega ball to the you know to the for the rest of our season. You know, it could it could be the it could be the reason why we don't get top four. It could be the reason why we don't qualify into the semi finals. Um, and like I say, I think Martinez for me, um, I think that that that's the worst out of the lot. You know, not just because it looks like a bad injury, but he's been so good this year and so consistently good. Um, for me, is is my number one player on on that team sheet every day. Um, he's going to be an absolute massive miss. I just hope that it's not as serious as it originally first looked. Um, but as as for as for a team, as, as for what team he's going to pick, I think it's anyone's guess, mate. I think uh, it could do a number of things. It could it could change personnel. It could stick with the same personnel, um, but I've got all my faith in Tenage. I've put my faith in him all season, and uh, I'm I'm keeping everything crossed that he comes up with the goods. Yeah, um, Dave. Up until the 80th minutes, we were dead. Malakis goes that chance. It's all over. I was so close to having a full full first eleven. The first five shows how good we are. Um, easy to know. That's the thing, isn't it? We're like we're we were Rashford off. In that 11, and if Rashford comes back, that will the central defense out just after we've got Casemiro and Ericsson back. Um, it's just United's look with injuries. The second half of the season has been rough. Um, Dan says Vegas works hard, but I'll be honest, stick Barton up top as I know he would work just as hard. And rumors of a better touch. Well, I hope you talk about my nephew because I've got um. Tendon damage in my ankle, so I'm on the injury list myself, Dan. Um, <laughs> that's how lucky we are, even though I'm injured. Um, yeah, Phil, how, how do you reckon Ted Hogg's going to take the second leg? Do you, he has sprung some tactical surprises, like against Everton, he played Fernandez deeper in the midfield. He, he's not going to have to, well, he can't do that with Fernandez this time round, but he's going to have to find some kind of create, creative outlet. Um, I mean, he could look for pace, just hit it and look for pace in what, whoever we've got um, yeah. available. We know Martial's quick. Anthony's looking a little bit quicker than their full-backs, which is a good sign. Um, what do you reckon he's going to do? Yeah, it's interesting, I think, obviously, defensively. Um, you know, if Luke Shaw's back, he's proved that he can do a job at uh, centre-half. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if he goes in there with Lindelof. Um I think the midfield, you, you're probably looking at maybe Ericsson coming back in to have that little creative creative player in there with maybe Fred um, and Casemiro. And then, yeah, I think, you know, the front three, you know, you're looking out of the options. It's going to be, you know, probably, you know, Anthony, possibly Palestri. I mentioned him then, you know, whether he throws him in or not is, is you know, yet to be seen. But for me, I think at the moment with where Sancho was yesterday, he could be a p- potential wild card there in that maybe wide position. And then, you know, Martial uh, played well yesterday. I think, he, you know, he 
set a goal up and his hold up play was really good. It's just trying to get him up to speed as quick as we can because we're going to probably need him now for you know the running with all these big games that we've got coming up and obviously Rashford not being fully fit. It's going to be you know we're going to need all the players really who are available at this moment in time. Um, but it's going to be difficult because we've we've got so many big players missing now. You know Martinez is such a big blow. As Lee said, he's he's probably you know the most influential player we've got. I think. In terms of his, his, you know, leadership on the pitch and his attitude and just the, the sort of, you know, the way he rubs off on other players with his desire and the, the sort of attitude that he's got is, you know, it, you know, he's irreplaceable really for me. So he's going to be a massive loss. Um, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but you know, hopefully we can just about get through this next tie in Seville and, and you know, a few players might start coming back. You know, Rashford hopefully. Um, you know, he's been probably our best player this year in terms of goals, so we need him back as soon as possible. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's a tough one. It's really difficult to know how um, he's going to deal with it because he, the good thing about Tenog is that he's tended to uh, find solutions and we've had re good reactions, but when you're losing the numbers in the same way that we have been, we we've... It's difficult to replicate the same level of performance, and I don't want to get on Harry Maguire because I think, like you know, I, I think he was actually he played all right on on Saturday against Everton, and I'm not yet to you you guys know we've had this conversation over the season. It's all right being critical of players when they're out of form, but I'm not into bashing that. You see it on social media enough, you know. You can see when a player's not right. You don't have to sort of drum on that every every time, especially when they're playing for the club. You want them you want them to do well you want them to do the things that uh well, you want them to correct the things that you've previously been critical of but that's the thing as well lee i mean ten Hag in his press conferences uh, building up to the forest game he's actually called that out not necessarily Maguire, but the players he's kind of said look it's not an excuse that some of them haven't been playing they've all got to come in and hit the road running because that's what united demand at this moment in time um it's a good rally cry, considering that he's going to need them all on side, isn't it? Yeah, there's no excuses. I heard, I heard that, but with, with Tenag, what he said about um, you know being out of the side for a little while um, and not not when you get your chance, you, you've got to take it, and that, that's hundred percent correct. Just because you're not playing uh, first team football, it's going to make you more hungry to to actually perform and, and to stamp your stamp your position down for yourself when you get in there. So I I, I don't take it as an excuse that. You know, I've not played for three or four games and he's been playing and this, that and the other. You've got to just look at it as, oh, right, here's my chance and I need to take it. And if you're playing for Man United and you're in a Man United squad, you should be good enough and you should have the ability and the desire to to do to do well enough against any team in the league or any team in Europe. You know, that's, that's at the end of the day, we've said this so many times, we're Man United and we're getting back to our old ways. Now, granted, we're definitely not the finished article. We're still a few, for me, a few signings off. Um Paul Scholes, I think, said, if we can keep Martial fit, we don't need a number nine. And again, we've been trying to keep Martial fit since he's been at the club. I think we definitely, definitely still need a number nine, you know what I mean? But uh, with Maguire, he's, like I said, we don't, we don't like kicking people when they're down. Uh, again, I thought he had a great game against Everton. I thought he did really, really well against Everton. His, uh, his distribution and his positional play was, uh, you know, it, it, it looked like he was, was going to, Play himself back in form. Um, yesterday was a bit of a down point for him scoring the own goal again. Um, again, I, I don't blame him whatsoever for that goal. But what we're going to see this next week or so, Maguire and Lindelof, uh, centre back, and I, I, I'll be honest, I just don't think they can play together whatsoever. They're too slow to play with each other. There's no pace in them two centre backs there, even though you've got two full backs playing. For me, you still need a. They're too similar. The, the styles are too similar for me as full back, uh, sorry, as centre backs. So, um, it's it's going to be interesting, but let's see what happens. Let's see in the next few, next few games, the next few weeks, how the partnerships and, and the things develop and we can take it from there. So let's um, talk about Forest. I'll come to you firstly about it. Um, it's the kind of game, and I say this completely um, optimistically, um, saying that you know, United might be in a position where they can afford to get away with it against Forest with some of the injuries. Uh, before I do that, I'll come to a couple of the the comments. Dan says, Martinez, player of the season, huge miss. Hell says, uh, Hella says, not hell, 
that's a bit mean. Hello, we were in charge in that first half last night. I would start Shaw as a centre back if he's fit. Ericsson, Casemiro, Sancho on the left, Wambasaka, Martial. Um, hopefully he'll stay fit. We could still take Sevilla as they didn't score any goals. And yeah, I think Shaw Lindelof is the way way that I would go. Um, Dan says um, he, he agrees. Maori um, Harry, I think he's talking about us um, being impressed with him against Everton. But we need Ram back for the game against Brighton. Um, he'll be fine for Forest and Seville. Yeah, as their lad Mitoma is likely quick. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Mitoma, one of those that you want to see at Old Trafford, uh, really. Um, um, and James says this squad needs a lot of work. Ins and outs, yeah. Well, that's for sure. Um, Lee, yeah, like I said, I'll come to you first about Forest. Um, he's, he has talked about making the... Um, you know, not the big changes. Sorry, he's talked about the need for a big performance. You'd think we we might feel like we could get away with it against Forest, but they're probably going to sense vulnerability now in, in the sense that we're going to have a few players out. Is it a game that you think we could? We still feel confident we could take a win, or is it that, that stage of the season where you're thinking it's a little, you know, every squeaky bum time basically? Well, the last time me and you had a conversation about was I confident that we was going to win? It was uh, the sixth. Was it the, the Liverpool game where I thought we was going to get a result? Um, so I'm I'm very dubious to even mention anything about confidence about getting a result anymore. Uh, I don't think I've been on the podcast since then. To be fair, I think I've been on the naughty list. Um, but yeah, I, I still think we should have enough uh, against Forest to, to with the squad that we've got, you know, um, and and. And the ability, and even even the confidence. I know, like I say, we, we should have won the other day, but we've not had a bad run of games. Um, we've had more plays than not playing well, um, and I think yeah, I think we should have enough to, uh, to to turn Forest over. But don't get me wrong, it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard game. They're fighting for everything down there. They're fighting for their lives. Um, like you just said, they're gonna sense vulnerability with what happened the other day. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I think in my opinion. Hopefully, and I hope I don't jinx it again. We should have enough to uh, to get a result. Uh, Mike's off. Why? Thanks, Lee. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be seven nil at least, <laughs> um, which um, should be should be all right. But Phil, um, obviously, um, injury situation is dictating what we're going to do. Is this a game that? Tenog could afford to play around with looking at options for Sevilla, or is he looking at it now every game, every game and taking it as it comes? You know, even even though it's only Forest, um, and we we with a sort of rotated side, we did quite well against them at the City Ground and and won um, quite comfortably. Can can we afford to be doing that this time around? Um. No, I don't think we can. I don't, I don't think we can, um, you know, rest on our laurels at all. I think this potentially could be one of the biggest games of the season for me. In just, just in the respect of, you know, if we get beat against Forest now, that that knock-on effect and the confidence that that will, you know, have is is could be with the with the games that we've got coming up. You know, the semi-final and then obviously the second leg against Sevilla. If we get beat against Forest after. The game that we had yesterday with the injuries and the way the game finished, you know, that could have a, a, a catastrophic sort of effect now for the run into the season. Because as, as I say, we've got the biggest part of the season now where we've done so well all year. You know, we've kept ourselves in the top four. You know, we've got to the, the um, end of the season in, in three or four cup finals and we, we can potentially win, you know, a couple more trophies. This this moment now you need is where you need the momentum. You need these winning games and the, the the players playing with confidence obviously forest are scrapping for the lives they're going to be you know well up for the game after the the um the way we finished the game the other day and the injuries that we've got so they know we're going to have a few players coming in um and we're not going to have maybe our strongest 11 so they could maybe smell blood and i think this game for us is, is going to be a massive test of character now i think this is where you've got to have players who want to step up to the plate and prove yeah, I am worthy of, you know, playing in the first team. And, yeah, I, I should be, you know, starting games more. Um, I think this this is potentially now where the season's going to be defined in this next two or three weeks. Because, you know, as I said, we're going to have big players. 
Um, we're gonna need we're gonna need some big performances from players to you know get us over the line and get us into these um, you know potential finals that you know we, we where we want to be and we we deserve really because I think for the majority of this year we've been fantastic and the manager's turned the complete uh, dressing room around. He's, he's stamped his authority on it. He's changed the philosophy. He's made players who were playing really poorly last year play out the skin. So you've got to give him massive credit. But I just don't want sort of the season to peter out now and, you know, maybe miss out on top four, don't quite get to another final. Um, when, when you know, looking back maybe a week or two ago, everyone would, you know, be saying, right, we're, you know, we're going to get to the, you know, final of the FA Cup. We're, you know, we should be beating Sevilla. Um, you know, we're definitely going to finish top four. And I think because of, you know, last night, I think people now are looking at it, maybe thinking, you know, things are a little bit more in the balance. But for me, as Lee said, we've still got enough quality in, in the in the squad to, to get a result against Forest. And, you know, hopefully a few of the lads will come back um, in the meantime from, from their injuries and, and just boost that um, squad that we've, you know, that we've not quite got now because of last night, really, with the injuries and suspensions. Yeah, it's a good point. I remember um, kind of raising my eyebrows when Tenorg a couple of weeks ago, when he said, oh, the season starts now. And because I don't, I don't like that mentality usually but then you look at the reaction to last night and you, you mentioned I think Lee mentioned Forrest still have their tails up a little bit looking at the injury list and thinking they could get a result but then like Robbie says in the comments uh, hopefully Spurs don't click the other sides will be looking at that and thinking mini season because all they have to do is put a run together if United are going to drop a few points and it really puts them in a good position um yeah, well, we will see. It's going to be a really tough um, few days for United. Let's hope that we're back next week talking about um, United winning in winning two more games against Forest and against Sevilla because, I mean, it's going to be a massive test. And I know we sort of mentioned jokingly about Martial and maybe even Maguire as well. And then maybe even Sancho's comments going on in the discussion today about um, Sancho maybe being used as leverage for transfer you know, it's that kind of thing. You don't really know with some of this squad. Is that are they fighting for that? Are they fighting for the futures at United? They really don't know. But this is the for some of them. You know, it's going to be the last big question that's asked about them. Um, and hopefully, we'll be back next week talking about them. I've been given a positive answer to that um, for sure. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, um, feel free to comment. Uh, we still do reply to the comments even after we've um, gone off air. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Thanks a lot for the conversation tonight, guys. Until next week, stay safe. Oh, by the way as well, thanks a lot to everyone who, who supported the first in the United Before Fergie podcast that started on Monday. There'll be another one this Monday as well, and I think we're planning a new show on Monday evening with Harry, the host. So, um, stay tuned for that. Really appreciate the support. Stay safe, stay well. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.